coming to you from Corwell Health. This is your house call. Summer is around the corner and the gyms are packed, fad diets are back, and my inbox is full of messages from patients about weight loss drugs. Yeah, there's been plenty of articles and commercials about weight loss miracles, but recently, weight loss injectables have been in the limelight. You may have heard of Agovi or the diabetic medication Ozempic. There are two brand names of semaglutide, which is known as a GLP-1 medication. My patients want to know what's the best way to lose weight and to keep it off, not solely for body image, but to be healthy individuals. What we're going to find out today is, do these medications work? Are they safe? Are they right for you? Hello and welcome to the House Call Podcast. I'm Dr. Asha Shahjahan. Our goal is to help you and your families live smarter and healthier lives. Today we're talking about weight loss drugs. Weight is such an important part of our well-being and helps us battle chronic disease and to prevent illness. We want to know what's the best way to achieve an effective weight loss. Do medications actually help? And if so, how do we use them? Joining us today is Dr. Dana Kurgis, a board-certified obesity medicine physician from Corwell Health. Welcome, Dr. Kurgis. Hello, thank you for inviting me here today. We're so excited to have you because this is the time of year that people tend to really get uh, excited about weight loss or more motivated, I guess. The weather is better. We're here in Michigan. People can actually get outside and exercise. I myself have been on my iFit bike like every day trying to get ready for my vacation. I'm heading out to Germany in a couple of weeks um, and trying to get fit for that. Uh, so just in general, can you tell us what is uh, what does it mean to be board certified in obesity medicine? So as we all know, obesity is a growing uh, medical problem in U.S. and also around the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was not, I'm not sure in your training, but as I got through my medical training as family physician, there was not a lot of teaching about nutrition and how to treat obesity. It's like one class (laughs) in all of like medical school when I was in medical school. Yeah. So pursuing these uh, certifications it was to fill the gap and gain the knowledge to be able to help my patients that are struggling with uh, their weight. Why is weight loss so important? It, you know, it goes beyond the thoughts of fitness, right? We're looking at more things like arthritis or high blood pressure. Like, why is weight loss so important to chronic disease management? As you mentioned, the comorbidities to be able to treat or actually get remission of these chronic illnesses, it's important to look at the root, which is obesity. And American Obesity Medicine Association is looking now at obesity as a chronic illness. Mm. And uh, having the knowledge to treat the chronic illness, you will be able to prevent the complications. Yeah, I've had so many patients, like I mentioned, requesting these injectables. And these are patients who are afraid of getting shots. They don't like getting their blood drawn. And all of a sudden, they're ready to sign up for um, getting these weight loss drugs. And, you know, they're coming to me saying, I saw this on TV. And it doesn't matter whether it's someone who wants to lose five pounds, 10 pounds, 100 pounds. It's kind of been a big buzz lately. Why are these weight loss injectables so popular or exciting for patients? One of the reasons is social media, like TikTok. A lot of people did 
post their journey with their weight loss, uh, showing the way they inject their medication and also showing the results. And these medications do provide weight loss results that other treatments did not. So when we're talking about results, I, mean, I think some studies say up to 16% or so of a person's body weight. Is that accurate? Yes, yeah, some studies show, but again, also lifestyle modification, like improved diet and exercise and add, adding medication as a tool, patients did uh, lose around 15% of their body weight. So what is the difference really between these injectables? So there's three main ones that I'm aware of, which is the Wagovi, Ozempic, and Manjaro. Can you kind of just walk through those for our audience? So... Uh, Ozempic and Wegovy, they are the same uh, medication, semaglutide. Uh, Ozempic, it's not new. It was approved for uh, treating type 2 diabetes in 2017. And uh, later in 2021, the same drug, semaglutide, was approved for weight loss. Those, again, were studied in patients with type 2 diabetes and patients with obesity, which means excessive weight. And those are patients that have, they tried lifestyle modifications, diet, exercise, and they're not able to lose weight. And their excessive weight is significant. They have to lose like 30, 40 pounds. And also the weight is associated with the comorbidities, diabetes, hypertension, sleep apnea, arthritis. And so I think with Wagovi, even though it is the same drug. The dosage is slightly different, correct? That's correct. So it's one is approved. So Ozempic is approved for those who have diabetes and need weight loss, and also as a diabetes treatment. Um, and then Wigovi is approved for weight loss. So you don't necessarily have to have diabetes, correct? Correct. And so when we're looking at this, so you mentioned lifestyle changes, and I'm going to just push back a little bit mm -hmm. because... I've got plenty of patients that say, I've been trying to lose weight, you know, for over six months, for over a year. And most people who do come to their doctors have tried several different things to lose weight and they'll say, it's not working for me. And so what, who are the patients that really qualify for the injectables versus other methods of weight loss? If you look for insurance approval criteria, are patients that have a BMI of 27 uh, or higher if they do have comorbidities, like hypertension, diabetes, hyperlipidemia, and patients that do have a BMI above 30 without comorbidities. So that's in the overweight category or what's considered the obese, obese category. So how do these medications work? Like why, why are people able to lose so much weight with it? So they target different uh, organs in our body. The way it works, like Ozempic and Wigovi, they work by slowing the transit in your gut. So the digestive system is slowing down and uh, decreases the feeling of hunger. Also in the pancreas, it increases the secretions of insulin and that helps with regulation of the blood sugar and also works at the level of your brain. It actually tells your brain, I'm not hungry. So you don't feel like eating more or even some patients say they feel like foods that they liked before, they do not 
they are not cravings. attractive to them anymore, and yeah. they don't have the craving. The sugar cravings go down, which is that's pretty. That's pretty remarkable, actually, because that's a, what a lot of people struggle with is um, appetite control, not feeling full, um, craving the sugars when they're trying to change their diet. So um, that's pretty remarkable, but. The other thing I wanted to bring up is that, so it's like, okay, this sounds great. You know, it's once a week, an injection. So how, where do you inject it? How does it work? How long do you have to be on it? So usually it's injected in the adipose tissue, like uh, abdomen. It's once a week, as you said, and regarding for how long you have to be on it, that's uh, one uh, question the patient don't ask me. Mm-hmm. And they ask me with other prescriptions, like if you prescribe medication for cholesterol or blood pressure is like, oh, I don't want to be on this. Do I have to take it the rest of my life? And probably with this kind of prescriptions, they have to continue taking this medication. If they do stop taking it, probably the, they are going to regain the weight. So this is something once you start it, you probably have to, you have to stay on it. Uh, just as if you would blood pressure medication or other types of medicines. That's interesting because some people are thinking, maybe I can just do this temporarily, like some of the other weight loss drugs that are available, you know, such as Adipex. Uh, people think that, you know, I can do it for three months and stop. And that was my next question for you, that if someone were to get on it and they were to stop, would they gain a significant amount of weight back? That's expected, mm-hmm. uh, but... That's why we prescribe those medications with lifestyle modifications. So if you do change your lifestyle, you may gain some weight back, but not all the weight that you lost or more. And uh, we do have this experience with previous medication and diets. That's why there are so many diets uh, out there. The diet industry is huge because our body has the tendency to gain the weight that you lost. Actually, even if you continue diets, uh, even uh, the three main diets like low carbohydrate, low uh, fat diet, uh, moderate macronutrients diets, there was a study that compared all these and they worked for the first six months similarly. And then at 12 months, most of the patients that were on the diet, they start regaining the weight or they plateaued. And do you think that's because they're unable to stick to the diet or just the body has become used to it? It's because the body has mechanism to stop the weight loss and uh, your brain wants to keep your weight at where you are right now. And uh, that's true, all those uh, hormones in the gut, we don't even know all the mechanism at this point, but the ghrelin, the leptin, decreasing your metabolic uh, resting rate, all these mechanisms do cause the weight regain. Oh, that's so frustrating. It's like almost like our body's working against us at times. Going back to the injectables, you know, when I tell my patients about it or when they hear about it or read about it, you know, you saw the TikTok videos, people see the results. They're like, sign me up, doc. What's the problem? Like, let's get this going. And I say, well, hold on. There, there are some side effects. Can you walk through those side effects for us? The most common side effects are at the level of the GI tract mm-hmm. um, because that's where is the main site of action. Slowing the transit um, in your uh, digestive tract, you can get nausea, you can get bloating, can get diarrhea or constipation. So, But those are manageable if the medication is prescribed and monitored by the physician and those uh, dosages are slightly increased and uh, patient being patient <laughs> with increasing the dosage. So 
going back to thinking about it, let's say, so you're listening to this podcast and you're wondering, should I be on this drug versus other drugs? And I know you mentioned that if you have diabetes or other chronic diseases, you mentioned the BMI, you know, 27 or maybe 30. But what about these other drugs such as, you know, fenteramine, which is known as Adipax or, you know, Saxenda and, you know, even using uh, naloxone and um, Wellbutrin together. What are your thoughts about when do you try the injectables versus other oral medications or when when do you decide that like diet and exercise are, are, are not enough? So it's based on the weight loss goal. So when you didn't reach the goal with just lifestyle modification, diet and exercise, we use the medication as tool to help these patients. So with fentermine, orlistat, contrave, casemia, they were useful for a lot of patients. You can lose up to 10% of body weight in conjunction with the diet and exercise. But for these patients, they need to lose more. Mm -hmm. That's when you want to choose medications like injectables. Yeah, and that's the other thing is I think social media and some of the celebrities have really been highlighting it, which is great because I think it's it's brought it to the attention of, of the public that, hey, these drugs are available and they do help several people um, manage their disease. But how much of this do you think that some of these dr drugs might be feeding into the toxic diet culture? We do have that body imaging and it's also the social media that also major problem in our society. Yeah. And we have to start looking at the weight in a different way. We do come in different body sizes and uh, weight is not always associated with disease. You can be larger weight and you can be healthy. We know that excessive weight uh, gain is associated most of the time with comorbidities like hypertension, diabetes, sleep apnea, arthritis. But there are patients that have fat in the subcutaneous tissue and not around the visceral organs, and they, do don't, they don't have this kind of medical problems. Yeah, I always try to tell my patients is like, let's look at what's going to make you feel good, what's going to keep you the healthiest that you can be, what's going to prevent illness, and let's focus on that as your weight loss goal. Um, because like you said, everyone comes in different shapes and sizes. And we, as a, as a community, need to start really recognizing that um, diversity, even with the way that people present with their weight. So I think mainstream culture has always kind of favored a thin, you know, the model look. But I, I love the fact that uh, nowadays, you know, commercials and industries are really recognizing the fact that that is kind of unhealthy. And then real quick, before we start wrapping up here, we're talking about weight loss. So, you know, you're board certified in obesity medicine. What is the best way to lose weight? Is it really calories in and calories out? Or are there other factors at play? So as we just mentioned earlier, uh, we know now that calories in and calories out is not uh, the easy answer mm -hmm. to Weight loss, if that will be the answer, a lot of patients will have success with uh, just the diet and exercise. There are many other factors, and that's why it's important uh, for patients to discuss the weight problem with their physicians. There can be, uh, besides the genetic factors, which we know from studies on um, twins, like identical twins, they do have identical weight and body shape. 
fraternal twins, they have different weight and different body shape, and they live in the same environment. So we have so many factors that are affecting our uh, weight is genetics, stress, which can be work, financial, uh, lack of sleep or poor sleep, uh, and access to food, quality food, access to parks like outdoor activities. And all these are important when you come up with a plan for weight loss. Yeah, I loved what you said there, um, because I was about to ask you, what are some of the action steps for sustainable weight loss? If you can just walk us through for someone that's just maybe starting their weight loss journey, and they're like, okay, I need to start doing something. What could they do? Like, what are the things that they should do maybe in a one, two, three fashion, and then, you know, see their doctor if it's not working? So first, you have to look at what your weight goal, how much weight you need to lose. And is it is it true uh, that it's two pounds a week is sustainable? Because like there was a, a New York Times uh, article or an insider article talking about someone who was on an injectable weight loss medication and lost, you know, 80 pounds in a matter of a month. Like is is that healthy weight loss? You know, the, the rule, quote unquote, was two pounds a week. That's healthy, sustainable weight loss. More than that, you, it comes back. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, rapid weight loss can come with side effects like lack of nutrients, loose skin, right? Loss of muscle mass. And uh, we have the data showing that moderate weight loss, it's sustainable, like the one to two pounds a week it's more sustainable than the rapid weight loss. That's why even those yo-yo diets that we call, they are very strict and you cannot maintain for a long period of time. You gain the weight, you go back on the diet, you gain the weight. Yes, that's more recommended to lose like one to two pounds a week. Okay, so you were saying step one, figure out how much weight you want to lose. Yes. Then if it's a lot of weight, uh, you what, make- What's a lot? <laughs> Depending, like, are we talking about you just want to shed a few pounds, you are normal BMI, you don't have medical problems, then uh, probably diet exercise will be the recommended way for you to lose the weight. If you are looking at 30, 40 pounds, you may get discouraged if you are looking, I'm going to have to lose this weight, I want to lose it in three months or six months. Mm -hmm. So the first step is to consider less weight loss, um, like 5% of your current body weight, there'll be a more doable goal that you can achieve. And um, once you lose that 5%, you can say, okay, now I can lose another 5% or another 10%. Yeah. So um, you have to set up goals that you can stick with and you can achieve. And then so after you complete those steps, let's say you decide, okay, I want to lose 50 pounds. And I'm going to try to first do 5% of my body weight. But let's say you're kind of getting stuck. Is that when they should see their physician? You know, how, how much exercise and how much diet is, is needed before you start saying, you know what, I think I need help. First, there's a lot of people that come in right away and say they haven't made any diet modifications. They haven't exercised at all. And they're coming in saying, I need a weight loss drug. So how do you balance those? I would like to go back to the sustainable after you decide to go on a diet or exercise, you have to find out what works for you, uh -huh. uh, what changes you can make in your life, like what are the foods that you can uh, modify or find equivalent foods that are healthier. Sure. That's one. 
um, portion size, like cutting down on your portion size, that's the next step. Uh, finding support from the family, that's important too. Finding uh, support groups, that's uh, also helpful. Yeah, I think accountability buddy is a big deal. Cause like if you're hanging, you're trying to lose weight and you're going out with your friends and they're like, oh, let's have a couple drinks. And you're like, oh, that's a lot of calories. And you don't want people to be like, oh, it doesn't matter. Just have one. You know, you want, you want the friend that's going to say, okay, cool. No problem. I get it. You know, the mindful eating, like, uh, are you rewarding yourself? Do you really need that kind of food or you're just an emotional eater and how mm. you can control your emotion that's, that's also working on mindfulness well-being that's also important um, getting a good sleep that's very important and we know exercise it's good for over overall health as exercise we usually recommend the goal to be like uh, 200 minutes uh, per week for weight loss okay well, that's a lot of great tips that we have here. And I think, we, I mean, we could talk forever about this topic. I mean, I could sit and talk with you and extract everything in your brain about this because it's so interesting to me and so many people struggle with it in various ways. And, but I think just for today, I think we, we covered a lot. Any last thoughts? I would just like to go back a little bit to the, because you did mention about the 5% and the way that we keep gaining weight. So it's very, that's the good news. We don't have to have the ideal weight. Yeah. Just losing 5 or 10% of your body weight brings a lot of health benefits, health benefits. Yeah, any amount of weight loss is amazing. Yes. I think even if you want to just lose 5 pounds, you notice if you lose 10 pounds, you start feeling better. You know, your joints don't hurt as much. You mentally feel better. Um, it's the same thing as if you get enough sleep and if you exercise, and it sounds like we're just, you know, preaching to the choir. Yeah, sleep, exercise, diet. But those are those are the main things, uh, the core of all wellness. 15% actually can help you with the diabetes, hypertension and all that. That's the That's fabulous. That is. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. We leave you today with this healthy thought. We learned a lot about weight loss medications today and the role they can play in your weight loss journey. And we talked really more about the injectables. I loved what Dr. Kerr just mentioned was that we have some steps that you can follow. One, how much weight do you want to lose? And then two, create a goal and start with a 5% weight loss for that goal, not really have something so huge like 50 pounds. You know, look at something like, when do I want to lose 10 pounds? And then looking at portion size, is there ways that we can control how much we're eating and the portions that we're having? Get a support or an accountability buddy that's very helpful to help you in your weight loss journey. Look at if you are practicing mindful eating versus emotional eating. And if you need help with that, there are people available, physicians, therapists that can help you with emotional eating habits. Good sleep is huge. And then also making sure that you exercise. There are plenty of resources out there to help you. At the end of the day, we want you to live a happy and healthier life. And being at a healthy weight is so important to achieve this and to prevent chronic disease. Talk with your doctor and see what's the best plan for you. It's always good to just have a discussion to begin your weight loss journey.